forever. Dog. Hey folks, it's me, Ben Blacker, the creator and host of the Writers Panel. Well, we're getting into summer. It's June, July. How are things with you? I'm actually asking. Uh, hit me up on Twitter at Ben Blacker. Let me know how you're doing. Um, a couple of things. First of all, this month was the first time um, that I've been back in the studio for a while. And I think you can hear it in the studio episodes that are coming out in the next couple of months. Uh, I'm like a little hype, a little giddy, a little weird. Um, so thanks to our engineer, Jordan Katz, who has been working on this show for the past six months or so, uh, who is really cleaning it up and making me sound good. Thanks, Jordan. Um, the other thing is, uh, that's been nice is the writing community has gotten together a few times, at least on my side of town, um, to like hang out and trade stories and, uh, talk to each other about how things are going. And, it continues to be bad. The good thing is, um, I was glad to hear that a lot of lower-level writers are getting opportunities. Um, they were, when I first saw, talked to them in March, uh, this group, this East Side group, I heard a lot of terror at people who had had their first jobs and were just horrified that they would n never work again. Like, that was it. And... That has not been the case. A lot of the folks I've talked to have gotten their second jobs. Unfortunately, a lot of them have had to repeat staff level. There's a lot of that going around, and I hope it's something that, you know, the guild can address in the future. Um, I'm also hearing from a lot of upper-level writers that they are going from job to job, and they feel, if not secure, at least they are working. Uh, the problem seems to be with folks at my level. Uh, Mid-level writers... Uh, the middle class of writers seems to have disappeared. And it's due to a whole host of problems in the industry, um, any of which are fixable, but all of which are going to take years to rectify. Um, you know, it's short orders. It's people hiring their friends. You know, it's harder to get read than it ever has been. Um, it's, you know streamers and and um the pipeline of writers is being lost you know i think these writers these staff writers who are getting offered opportunities it's a great thing i'm really glad about it um, but i'm afraid they are going to be lost once they start getting promoted too because we don't have 22 episode shows anymore and we don't have shows that run for more than a couple of years for the most part so those writers are not learning to produce episodes. They're not learning what it really means to be a producer-level uh, writer. And I'm afraid that means they'll be out of a job just as we mid-level writers are now. All of which bears addressing. All of which my friends in the guild tell me is being addressed, um, but it's going to be a fight and it's going to take time. So... The good news is I think everyone is up for the fight. The bad news is it does take time. Uh, anyway, don't let this discourage you. Um, I think the conversations I've had in these past couple months on the podcast are really inspiring. Certainly they've inspired me, and I love the stuff I'm writing in a way that I haven't in a long, long time. So let that speak to you also. Uh, do the work. You know, you can always write. And find a way to put it out in the world. I think that's really helpful. Don't let this stuff sit in a drawer. Do a reading, put up a show, do an audio series, whatever it is that you can do for yourself and with your friends, just to hear your stuff out loud. Anyway, do you all know about this uh, other podcast I produce on a different network called Dead Pilot Society? Uh, in that podcast, which... Um, I produced with a, a partner named Andrew Reich, who is a writer on Friends and many other shows. Um, we hold readings of pilots that were bought and developed, but never produced. So oftentimes it's the writer's first time getting to hear their work performed. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Go check it out. Look up Dead Pilot Society, um, Dead Pilots Pod on Twitter. Um, it's on the Maximum Fun Network. 
This is not an advertisement. I just like that show and I want more people to listen to it. And I think listeners to this show will enjoy that one. You know what else you'll enjoy is Household Faces with John Ross Bowie. This is not an ad either. This is another show I produce. Uh, My friend, the actor John Ross Bowie, who you know from Big Bang Theory and Speechless, uh, is a tremendous (laughs) acting nerd. And we started a podcast last year in which he talks to character actors about the business and process of acting. It is very much a sister show to this one. We've had so many great guests, uh, including Alfred Molina and um, just so like everyone, Jim Beaver, Cedric Yarborough, Harold Perrineau, Malcolm Barrett, um, John Astin. That's Gomez Adams. We did like a 90-minute chat with Gomez Adams. That is, you got to check it out. That is called Household Faces. It's right here on the Forever Dog Network. Please give it a try. And for all of these, please let me know how you like them by leaving a review on iTunes. It's very helpful to us to get more advertisers, which I know some of you find to be uh, difficult to listen to, but you got a skip button. I don't care. Uh, But I need to get paid. Because all this stuff is a lot of work. Um, Leave a review on iTunes. uh, Find me on Twitter. Let me know how you feel about these shows, who you want to see on these shows, what you are watching on television these days. Meantime, please enjoy this episode. They write, they talk, and talk about what they write. Tune in tonight, or whenever the time is right. It's the Writer's Panel with Ben Blacker. And it's starting now. Oh, yeah. Thank you guys for being here. I am a big fan of both of you as humans and writers. Um, please introduce yourselves on the microphone so the listener knows what you sound like. And uh, tell us some places where they may have seen your name on their television or movie screen. Um, my name is uh, Doug Mand. Uh, and I'm Dan Greger. And uh, some places you might have seen our, our names are uh, for How I Met Your Mother. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, uh, NTSFSVU. SDSVU, a lot of letters um, in there. Um, uh, pretty smart on Netflix and uh, uh, the comedians. The comedians, a uh, couple movies I'd rather not mention. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, there you go. Let's start with the movies you don't want to mention. <laughs> uh, you're also the writers Perfect. of the new Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Yes, yes, that's movie. right. That's what. Oh, that's happened. the biggest one. Guys, we'd like to mention that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What a bunch of idiots we I, are. I, we literally were like, why are we here? And we yeah, didn't mention exactly. the biggest credit of our lives. The Jewish Journal, Long Island <laughs> Op-Ed. Um, let's start with Chippendale, yes, and then we're please. gonna get into all of it. Um, all of it that you care to talk about. <laughs> um, I, I actually, I watched this with my wife, and she said she has questions. So please. we're gonna start with her questions. Yeah. Great, why not? Which Make her happy. Are, um, what's wrong with you two? Yeah. <laughs> how long is this podcast? How, uh, tell me about the beginnings of this movie. Um, this is the softball question yeah. that, we, that I yeah, ease yeah. you in with right. before. Right. Ooh, this is really getting us. Um, but seriously, how did this start? Like, I know there was talk about a reboot some years ago, but this is totally different from whatever that conversation had yes. been. So when did you guys get involved? So we officially were, became involved around seven years ago, uh, which is... By uh, film standards, this movie was fast tracked. No, um, <laughs> someone else made that joke to us about the movie, and I thought it was credit great. them, credit but, them. But I'm just gonna say it wasn't me. Um, but yeah, so how it came about was it was an open writing assignment, which is I'm sure you've talked about on the show. It's worth talking about. Yeah, it's it's look, uh, studios have these properties that they want to reboot. We're in the age of reboot, um, and or it's just an idea that a someone at the company has or property they own that's not a reboot and they basically go out to writers who they think would pitch on it for free you almost all the time and um this was one of the first ones we were just starting to get these more and more you're coming off Mm -hmm. of uh having your mother i believe yeah and he had done a lot of work on the Ninja Turtles movie yeah and we had turned a, a round table a couple round table jobs into some uh, rewrite jobs mm-hmm. that had happened. All right, which, so you were like was, primed to, like you yeah. are now movie people. Yeah, we yeah, were. We, becoming, yeah, we were. We were. We were in the. Con- we had become part of the conversation. But mm-hmm. again, they were sending us stuff that was like trash. Or, or, um, wasn't on t- like 
Rescue Rangers wasn't was a was a very much of a dead property. Sure. It's not one of those things that are like we have an initiative as a company to make this now. Interesting. Um, so they came to us with it. We had had a, a, a relationship with Disney, and our initial reaction was kind of like, well, no, we don't really want to. Like, why? Mm-hmm. The big question for yeah. us is always why. Why would we? Right. And so it was um, kind of a. Just felt very cheesy in a way that, like, I, I was a huge fan of the Rescue Rangers growing up. I was a huge fan of, like, the Disney Afternoon. But, it, you know, it didn't didn't retain that magic or that necessity of being something sure. that had to be made again. Um, and we were sort of just, like, making fun of it. And, uh, and as we were sort of doing that to each other, um, we started having sort of the fun concept of like putting those emotions and thoughts into the characters mouths mm-hmm. themselves um and uh and it kind of quickly kind of gestated into a you know uh, uh a tropic thunder three amigos galaxy quest kind of structure and um and we started asking ourselves oh well like what if they were the actors who played those characters and, and one of the things that's really easy sort of right there for those disney afternoon characters is you know the Jungle Book is also Tailspin, right. and so why are they, they play all play different roles? They play different roles yeah. already. They're already playing different roles, yeah, exactly. and so the idea of them as actors really felt like really like right on the mm-hmm. the, the tip of the nose of this of these these characters, and so we um, we just started kind of developing from there, and we had a bunch of these very weird ideas, like you know like three D versus two D, and that expectation that the, the expectation that we were going to have to pitch something that was a 3D animation, but, uh, you know... Yeah, the two main characters would be... It'd be different, but we right. always wanted to find a reason why they would look like they, the way they do, as opposed to most of these reboots where you're just like, yeah, I guess the Smurfs look like that. <laughs> and um, and so, anyway, so we we just tried to really come up with weird ways to make them all make logical sense and in modern started liking LA. the idea, and to Disney's credit and to Mandeville, our producers over Mandeville, Todd Lieberman and um, Alex Young and, and Louis Provost at, at Disney, like, they were really into the idea. Mm-hmm. They do, they were, and I, it was, maybe it was because of the perfect kind of sweet spot of a property that was kind of forgotten, so hmm. there wasn't an initiative, so it was kind of like a, yeah, why the hell not? Let's give this a try because you know, the the path that they had been on for years was not very fruitful with it, which was basically rewriting uh, just a, another long episode of the Rescue Rangers. Sure. Um, so they were like, yeah, let's do it. We, and we pitched a lot of the things that are in the movie that day, seven years ago, and they went for it. Uh, yeah, I want to get into that. Um, which is I'm, wild. That's, cr- yeah. that's never happens. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> this is a this is a real unicorn of like a, for writers. Uh, yeah. I mean, well, that's something I wanted to ask please, about. Yeah, just to away. sort of dig yeah, in please. on some of the like beginning stages of even thinking about this. It's a big swing that you guys decide to take right. in pitching it this way. Were there conversations with like your reps, with like the people in your life? Like, are we weird and like, are we throwing away I, I this opportunity? I think the big thing for us question. was, we, I think we had enough of these sort of kind of properties floating around that we're like, ah, if we lose out on this one, like, whatever, it's fine. <laughs> and you didn't want it. Like, and we didn't want no it. Burning. We, we, we actively. That's, that's a very fortunate spot to be in, just to say that. Like, it's not like we weren't wildly successful. We were, we were working writers yeah. at the time. So, there, that fear I think of like, we were on a TV staff yeah. at the time, and the, and so the fear that so many writers have of being like, I don't know where my next paycheck is coming from, yeah. or if it's ever going to come, wasn't there, which offers you a tremendous amount of freedom to Absolutely. think creatively and be like, well, what makes me laugh? Um, but also, I mean, I will say, like, I mean, I remember the the screenwriting jobs we were going out uh, for like before How I Met Your Mother and like or even earlier in our career when we really, really needed the job, really, really needed yes. the paycheck. Yeah. And the way that we were like letting the, you know, the the tail wag the dog on that where mm-hmm. it was just like whatever the producer says, whatever the, 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 the studio says, we're doing it, we're doing it, absolutely, yes, yes, yes. And like you basically like, you swallow so much crap that you can never actually pass it. And so <laughs> like it, 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 it was an important lesson to realize, like, well, you can't just say yes to everything. Otherwise, you'll never be able to actually deliver something. Yeah. It was a very big growth for us just as writers sure. to just be like, okay, like, e- even though we would love to work, we would love to get paid, like, it's really, really important. We're never going to put out uh, the right level of quality unless we hold ourselves to, hopefully, some s- standard that we're that we're excited about. Yeah. Because um, ultimately, at the end of the day, like, we have to deliver a product that, that – other people would be excited about right. it. So if we can't get right. excited about it, it's very hard to imagine other people excited about it. That's right. a great way to put it. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it's also like if you if you have any actors who listen to this podcast, you know, I 
acted for a while, went on auditions, and you always hear other actors talk about it. It's like the actors who are like, I don't care. I don't I don't need this job. That's when they book something or right. whatever. It's, this is similar quality. It doesn't mean they don't care about the role. It just is like, this is a volume business, and we're <laughs> going to go out there, and we're going to go for 20 things, and we're going to hope one thing turns into an actual contract, sure. let alone get made. Right. Also, that's the other thing that you learn pretty quickly is that, especially in film, is like, they're not going to make this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, and so we wrote a lot of it. I mean, once we got in, once they said yes, we we're like, oh shit, they said yes to this. They signed an actual contract, a WGA contract, for us <laughs> to write this thing that we pitched them, which was batshit crazy. And we it's did a, it. It's a, they're addicted to cheese. Yeah. It, like it's cheese, heroin. Yeah, exactly. We, we, the, yeah, that, the cheese opium den was very much in, in our pitch. Um, I would hope so. Yeah. And they went for it. <laughs> To their credit, again, I mean, it's do, so it does funny. not always work. It mostly does not work like that, especially right. at, you know, a place like Disney where it's like they have – this is such a small part of their business. <laughs> right. So uh, – and when we were writing it, it was like there, there was a certain amount of freedom. I guess it was, again, the right time for us in our careers to be like, let's just go for it. It's mm -hmm. like – and we're writing and kind of going back and forth to being like, well, they're never going to make this. Right. <laughs> but that doesn't mean we put in a shit draft. It means right. like, let's write the stuff that's making us laugh, that Absolutely. we think is creative. What, what are the movies that we love? I mean, we started talking about LA Confidential very mm -hmm. early on, which is an insane thing to say <laughs> for the Rescue Rangers be yes. reboot for two guys to be like, you know, that whole subplot in the LA Confidential. surgery for actors. <laughs> you know, like cutting, cutting women to look like other stars. I think there's a place for that in our, in our movie, but like Disney Plus, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but that was really, it, it, it was a, there was a certain there was something very freeing about it too sure. that I think allowed for better work to come out. And I mean, look, and then the Absolutely. other big headline of the whole thing is that it then it died. It just died for oh, yeah. several oh, years. No kidding. Yeah, oh, yeah, it was yeah. just dead. So we wrote we this movie. We handed it in, and the re and the reception was very good. You sometimes you yeah. hand in movies, and you just you think you're like, hello, is. Is right. anyone on the phone? And you're, it goes and, and, nowhere. And, you're yeah. mad at, and, and you don't, not only does it go nowhere, this is the kind of business where people pretend as if it didn't happen. Like, like as if like, the <laughs> three you'll or never four, talk to the, the producer three or again. four months <sighs> of notes just didn't exist. It, it's, it's maddening. It's very, it's not human. And there, and I think that's happens in t TV and features. But so, is, so it, we it, handed this in and, and, and the so response, what are we talking about? This now? is a year and a half, two well, years in. We handed in, they like, they really did like it. It was genuine. Mm -hmm. We did another rewrite for them, which is, we did a rewrite off of that, which is totally normal. Okay. And then we were kind of hitting a wall. Because well, it just, they were, they were accurately understanding this is pre Disney Plus and they were accurately mm -hmm. understanding that like this is just oh, not like a four quadrant, like mainstream big budget movie. We're not going to put $150 million right. into sure. this and take one of our weekends where Marvel, Star uh, Wars, uh, Star Wars our right. Pixar, Pixar movie yeah. would go for this <laughs> right. LA Confidential <laughs> cheese addiction two characters that don't look like they did before right and so anyway that it just sort of sat there for a little while and it, anyway we I, moved on we moved on and we, we got jobs from that script too I would say this oh, to I people out there it's like that the script was helpful. Like yeah, people like, love the script so and our, they were like our, I can't believe you wrote that for Chippendale <laughs> our, our managers and our agents were like this is great this like this project did more than we could have ever asked for like Amazing. we did a thing and everyone's like, yeah, it's not going to get made. Right. So it was a way, and but, then... Yeah, but again, that's right. like a testament to making yourselves laugh, like right. putting the yeah. stuff you wanted to see in the script, which yeah. like, even when you're not writing that for someone else, yeah. that's what we should be doing. Yes. Yeah. But again, it's so hard it's, to do. And it yeah. feels futile, because you're like, is anyone right. really reading this? <laughs> and But the thing is, like, there are people who do read. Yeah. Like, there are... And whether or not that's an assistant who will in mm -hmm. three years be... <laughs> running a management company or whatever like people will get it like I, I i do believe that i do think that good work gets through mm -hmm. uh, you know like it like it doesn't know it might take a circuitous route you might have to keep doing it but i do think that like it finds it finds light somehow um but yeah so anyway, i Disney guess i mean Plus eventually was born and they were like yay we need a lot more stuff than we did before and oh, we can be a little bit more uh loose with like what we can make just mm -hmm. uh, in terms of content and most importantly like they were like, well, if you can make it for a lot less money. Right. But and also, right in line with the most important things that happened were producers being good producers, which you don't always get. And so Mandeville was like, showed, uh, told Akiva Schaefer about this script. And okay. they were like, they wanted to work with Akiva and they were talking about some titles and they brought up this movie. And if, it used to be called the Rescue Rangers reboot that nobody asked for. Um, and that kind of caught Akiva's eye and, and, and Mandeville was always very like, excited about this project and they never gave up on it. Mm -hmm. Akiva read That's it. Huge. So 
Disney Plus along with Akiva going like, I'm interested. I'd like to sit down with these guys and talk about it. Those things really just kind of like it's because of that. It's because Disney Plus existed and because we had producers who didn't sure. give up on it, which is like that's probably a little less than three years ago now. Yeah. Wow. Um, and then we started and, working with the Kiva. And then COVID happened and everything slowed down. And but we That's still pretty fast. Yeah, it though. is pretty fast. And the whole movie yeah. got pretty much made over COVID. Yep. You know, wow. mostly Akiva mostly in his in his bedroom. Yeah. Uh over Zoom. Uh, uh like two some months of of like on location filming in LA. Wow. But um yeah. And it was just the perfect, and, it, and we just got very lucky with Akiva. Yeah. Yeah. So you you mentioned so much of what we see in the final movie was there in your initial pitch. A lot. Let's talk about yeah. some of that. Like, what was the stuff that, again, really made you two laugh or made you excited about it. Yeah, I mean... That you think they responded, that Disney I, responded to. I think the the way that we just had to keep asking, you know, well, if this is true, what else is true mm-hmm. in terms of every every bit of the reality where it's like, okay, it's the LA we understand and know as actors, as writers, as, you know, struggling artists, um, but also it's with cartoons. And so every time we had to ask that question, answer that question, it, it was one of the fun types of creation. So, you know, bootlegging was one of the early inventions we kind of came up with was just like, okay, what's the, what's, what is the, the crime that we can fit in here that feels specific to cartoons? What is the, um, you know, and, and specific to the, the themes of like holding on to, you know, your sense of self and, and who, you know, what has value? How do we force value out of like every little ounce of IP <laughs> nowadays? Um, and so uh, that was one of those early creations that we definitely made us feel like there's oh there's a world here. Um, definitely the um, the the 3D versus 2D and 3D as sort That's of bad plastic surgery um, was always made us laugh. Just like oh uh, yeah, like every every over the hill actor has like unconvincing plastic surgery, and so <laughs> but the, it's also such a simple clean concept. Yeah. That isn't hit over the head in the movie either. It's like, yeah, this exists. We're getting it across. You can now apply it yeah. right to these other characters. Yeah, which I think was so smart. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, Thanks. we were really excited about that idea, and then <laughs> they were really excited about the idea, like Disney being. So we were like, okay, we we're, we might be onto something. So yeah. that was exciting. Uncanny Valley, Main Uncanny Street. Valley was really Uncanny early. Valley. I wanted to ask. That was those were those are all first... seems so obvious. Yeah. Why haven't we done I this know. before? Yeah. That just, was a, that was right from the beginning. Just like such an uh, it was such a delight to be in a in an LA noir where we got to do the line. You know, <laughs> yeah. we're headed to the valley. The uncanny valley, so, like yeah. it was like so, like right there for the taking. Yeah. You know, and sometimes those jokes they only make sense in the most particular yeah. scenarios. And so, uh, to be in a cartoon, uh, it was sort <laughs> of like a weird modern noir, but also, anyway, the, that was a. Those are all like first draft jokes. And same thing with like the idea of Main Street being like the sort of the 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 Bad contraband yeah. bazaar yeah. was mm-hmm. like the, always the idea where it's just like, oh, we can jump onto this. The, whatever the version of of uh, you know your your wrong side of the tracks, but in this version right. would be straight out of Disney. That was also helped because of the fact that um, the producer Mandeville produced um, the the one of the more recent the Jason Siegel uh, Muppet, Muppet movie, movie. Yeah. and oh, so like the opening number in that is like is a basically about a perfect little town, and we were just almost as like a a joke to them. We hmm. were like, we'll just use your old sets for this, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and there is yeah. it's interesting hearing that too I hadn't put that together but yeah. there is a sort of like-mindedness with those that movie and this one and, and apparently that company I mean the Muppets, Muppets are, are for sure the Muppets, the Muppets are for sure and yeah I guess that company well the too. Muppets are a perfect example of like a, a theater company yeah. they're, they're they they do stuff as themselves they do stuff <laughs> as totally other characters yeah. they're in the Charles Dickens play you know it, it doesn't it doesn't really matter but you're always sort of living with them as characters going in and out of costumes and so that sort of like slight meta-ness is definitely like in the, the mm-hmm. DNA of, of something like this. And I think how we strive to be as writers too on a more, you know, kind of macro level is like the Muppets are like, they're damn funny. I was watching the first Muppet movie with my, with my daughter like last week and it's like they're so funny and cutting and sarcastic in all the best ways, but they're... <laughs> They're filled with heart. They're like the back Absolutely. of the the backbone of them is heart and the, these relationships. And we definitely, we definitely didn't want Rescue Rangers, you know, for Chip and Dale to come across as it's just us making fun of them. Like that, there's you know, like there's there's a there's a real friendship here, and mm-hmm. the and it it matters. 
Um, and it, and we're not just using them to be the butt of the joke. Yeah. And and I think that's what we were going for too. We we wanted it to feel full. Yeah, I mean, when way. you guys work, when you're approach, approaching a new project, is it from a character out place? Is it thematic? I mean, obviously, it's, a, it's probably it's project a to project. A bit of but. everything. I mean, it's you know the thing that we will always find is that without the the sort of character thematic like underpinning, it all falls apart. Mm -hmm. um, but that's not to say that you have to start from there. Sure. Um, a lot of times, yeah, you've got a, something cool as hell. Like, just figure out what makes that cool as hell thing meaningful. Mm -hmm. um, and that's okay, too. Yeah. It's a, it's always this weird give and take where it's like, you, you can't, it can't be, I mean, you can certainly write nuanced, small, like, character studies. But, you know, if you're trying to make a studio movie, certainly, that's not what they're interested in, but mm -hmm. the real, the real, uh, the real sweet spot is when you can blend yeah. something big, exciting, new, interesting, crazy, weird, whatever it is that grabby, um, but but layer it underneath with the the important character stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think for, especially when in the world of open writing assignments, I think for hmm. for us, it's it's we we have to go before we just say no bullshit. We don't do that or or. Is it's just us saying like, well, what's interesting about this, or what's, okay. or even if like as basic as like, why should this exist? Why should this exist? And is there anything about this that makes us laugh, or makes us, or yeah. like scratches an itch of like, you know, I have been thinking about this kind of dynamic for a while, and then we have a conversation, and it, if the conversation is like, you know what, there's something interesting here, and like we talk about other movies that we like or other shows that we like, you know, like there's there's some elements of that, hmm. then then it might go to all right, well, what is then what is the theme or what, you know, what is, what are we talking about with these characters? So, but I think a lot of times it's in the beginning, it's just kind of a conversation with the two of us being like, is there something here? And if there, and well, half the time we'll just be like, no, not for us. This sure. is, this is not the thing that. I mean, obviously it helped that this movie was about, uh, Basically, two embittered uh, old <laughs> hacks who are who have been, like, who were creative partners for twenty years, yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. you know, who like met at a young age, and yep. you know, so there's. <laughs> well, yes. let's get into it, guys. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> it's it's I, our I, first marriage. We're gonna hit twenty in a. It's as, yeah, it's as real as marriage. Year, the amount of communication that needs to happen to survive this kind of thing is yeah. It, it prepares for level. Marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's talk. I I don't care how you two met and started. That's fine. Together. That's great. Uh, I'm sure you've told that. Lovers. Many times. <laughs> it you know it yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. Um. But how do you work together? Uh. What's your process? Is it different from project to project? Uh. Does one of you do all the work? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 But then. But who do you who are you asking them? Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. But I have, yeah. I don't have hands and Doug does the typing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But my feet are so dexterous. Uh, <laughs> um, we're uh, we. I mean, we, it it changes a little bit project to project, but like as a as a baseline, it's definitely like how we've like found found, found our work it, process. Yeah. Um, is we um, we we outline like crazy. We outline a ton, um, and so it it definitely starts from a, a pitch, and that pitch usually becomes the the basis of of what will be a much more detailed outline. Really try to get every scene basically like talked through mm -hmm. so that we were in agreement and in a lot of ways that outline and that's is, happening together yeah yeah i was gonna yes, ask. so yes, that's yes. sitting together that's happening exactly. in the same room yeah. with either like we're on this we're on a sharing a screen or we're on a whiteboard yeah. uh that happens together and that's sort of like a, a contract almost between us in its own like nice way yeah. where it's yeah. just like okay now we're gonna divvy out this outline into into chunks pieces scenes you go work on that. I'll go work on this. Mm -hmm. We and both know what it is. We're both yeah, on the same page. We have a sense of what at least what we're going what we're going out to, yeah. so we don't get things that are so out of right, left totally. field. And we'll work with whatever, especially if you're the one writing the second part of it. If mm -hmm. it's like, it's got to connect somewhat to yeah. To what the, and and really, we just at that point we go, all right. You want to you know you want to take the first couple scenes. You want to take the first act. You want you know and then. It's just kind of like setting some dates and being like, yeah, I think it, I think I can get this back within mm -hmm. like a week and a yeah. half. Yeah, I mean, we also, I mean, just to, for the real crafty yeah. people in, who are listening, uh, we we often we definitely learned this on How I Met Your Mother, and we used to do it uh, just as obsessively. But we would do basically a a real like true vomit draft where yes. it was like, and to the point where it actually was it was just like, just don't stop typing. We want to be <laughs> done with this like teleplay in like a day yeah. we want to be done with this screenplay in like under a week less 
Um, and and it really and it's totally okay to just write lines like, "I'm upset now, and yeah. so I'm gonna go yeah. over to this guy <laughs> yeah. and confront him. I'm gonna say something that you're gonna use against me in the in, in the next act. Yep. <laughs> and it's just really just like, and and if we already had jokes that we had before mm-hmm. or already lines, they go in. So sure. it's. What it was really helpful finding that out, especially especially for TV, where you, yeah. especially on How I Met Your Mother, where the outlining was so in depth that it mm-hmm. was like it was such a gift to be like, wait, it, they they wrote at least sixty five percent of this, seventy five percent of this, so let's just put it in script form, so there's not that daunting like blank page, and now you're looking at scenes, you're like, well, actually, those two lines are good, yeah, and now let's let's just and then just in the flow of like clickety clack sometimes you find a good line Mm -hmm. or two and vice versa a lot of times you'll be like wait a minute there's just no way that these two scenes connect like there's a missing chunk here and all of a sudden that stuff becomes obvious in a way that like outlining doesn't always provide um and so a lot that vomit draft even though like we maybe have skipped it a couple times now like i always regret when we skip it (laughs) it also Um, depends on if if it's a rewrite we're doing usually we usually skip it if it's but on original stuff, we've original skipped it stuff. too, and I'm like, oh yeah, we should have kept that. <laughs> right. um, and so that 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 is a weird little like not necessary, necessary, but boy, has it been super helpful Absolutely. when we do it. I think it also gets you in the right mindset for not being so precious. Yeah. And because if you, and I I notice this with uh, younger writers, and when I started doing this, we started doing this, is that like you sit down and you're laboring over every line. Yeah. And because there's so much judgment, and there's also the fear of an ending. There's, yeah. you know, like, and this just is like, this is a real trust the process. Like, this is going to take time, and this is going to suck too. Yes. Like, having to be okay with a vomit draft because by definition it sucks. It also allows you to not judge yourself yeah. because your second draft is going to suck too. <laughs> it's just going to suck less. Exactly. But really, you're only improving. Right. Exactly. So, but yeah. a lot of people have this need, I think, to. For many reasons, whether any insecurities of fear of not wanting to show it to anyone, yeah. or or just it, everything has to be perfect, and it can't. There, I, I don't. Maybe there. Maybe David Milch did this while lying on his back <laughs> right. in Deadwood, but those are bad stories to hear. Those, those these are, there are these are singular talents that we exactly. that we know we are not. Yeah. So we know that we're going to like sh- start to form some sculpture, and it's going to just at first look like a block of clay, <laughs> a, a block, yeah. a block yeah. of clay with like. Is that an eye or is that a penis? I don't <laughs> right. know. And and but we'll How figure it out. How many times has that yeah. come up? Yeah, on this I mean, podcast. it sounds like my first. You sound like my wife. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> is that an eye? Are you just happy to see me? Hey. Anyway, this is all first draft stuff. Yo, yeah, we're not recording. Yet. No, no, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. um, when, uh, when's the green light going? <laughs> we're in our rubber room right now. Yeah. Um, what was the What was the first stuff you guys wrote together? Uh, well, Doug and I started in a sketch group in college. Sorry to give you our. I know now spiel. you want to go back to Big the mistake. beginning. Uh, I want to hear about the rough beginning, though. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, how did you find? Oh, honestly, you know, lines? actually, know the very first thing we wrote together in the worst way. Uh, Doug and I m- actually met in a sitcom writing class uh, at NYU, and um, but it was a terrible, terrible sitcom writing class. Oh no! Um, Awful. Uh, the teacher was like plainly uh, I- ignorant; had no idea how to write TV. Um, <laughs> And uh, and was and the uh, the class assignment was that the whole class had to group write an I Love Lucy spec guest starring Alicia Keys. Um, So it truly made no sense. We kind of this was like a class of like nineteen or twenty. This wasn't like some small class. Yeah, it was mostly kids who were doing it because it felt like an easy class. This was not like a Tish class. I don't think this was. I don't remember. No, I I remember. I remember being surrounded by people who were clearly like. I just signed up for this because it was at, you know, <laughs> not on Fridays. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so, so anyway, ridiculous. it was terrible. And Doug and I were kind of like, uh, we connected because it felt like we were the only people in the class who were like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. What are we writing? Why is Alicia Keys in 1950? Um, and so it was, it was, it, we were bonding in that class in a way that, um, that I felt like we were the only ones there. Um, and that was actually the first thing we wrote together with 19 other people. (laughs) Then we wrote, you know, we were in a a sketch group called Hammercats at NYU and we we were writing sketches and performing them at Upright Citizens Brigade. I'd say that for, for like, um, for the purposes of this podcast and (laughs) like our career, you know, we got out of college, we were doing sketch, living in New York and we're like, okay, well people like our sketch group, but no, there's like one sketch show on TV a year. It's not going to be us. What are, what can we do? to get ahead, to be writers, to be actors. 
Um, and I was uh, I was living with Adam Pally at the time, the the actor and the comedian. Uh, and Gregor was living on our couch, and we were like, we came up with the idea to write and shoot the first five minutes of a pilot. Hmm. Uh, so, because we had been told and we were learning, it's like that people really don't like reading, especially when you are an unknown yeah. writer, which is. Bullshit. I was, uh, I was a development assistant at HBO um, okay. at the time, which was like right out of college. And so yeah. I would watch all the things I'd handed to my my boss, who's a development executive, just collect dust for months, months. And that and even the months to get right after months was still a win. And it was like odds are odds are like there were things I, I saw on that desk for a year. And, you know, but but if I handed her a DVD or a link hmm. uh, to something, she'd watch it that, at lunch. Sure. She'd just watch it that day. She was like, oh, cool. Well, that, okay, so that's really smart. Yeah. Um, and we done did it. Yeah, how did you know? How did you do okay. it? How well, did you so know what to thing. do? Well, uh, so we went to NYU. We knew a lot of people mm -hmm. in, in, in the film school, a lot of people in our group. We were, we were producing film sketches. Yeah, we'd already made we'd dozens, dozens done, and dozens and of film sketches, stage sketches. Doing them, and we were, and... It really came from a place of like, well, what locations do we have? Mm -hmm. And what we had was HBO. Yeah, HBO it was like on the weekend, Dan was like, we could we could kind of sneak in there and shoot. So, so we have an office space. Right. And then we came up with an idea that ended up being called We Are Internet Millionaires, which at the time was a, a much fresher idea. <laughs> about three idiots. Uh, who basically who, invent a, a internet company, they become billionaires, they don't know how to run a company. and But they don't know yeah. the, how to do the day-to-day. -day. Sure, they don't right. even know how to lock the door, like <laughs> the, who has the keys. Yeah. And it was a very clean idea, and then we shot the cold open with myself, Dan, and Adam mm -hmm. as the stars. We also wrote it. With Ellie Kemper. And with, Ellie, with then an unknown Ellie Kemper, okay. and shot it with uh, an amazing cinematographer named Jody Lee Lipes, who has just gone on to be like, Judd Apatow's guy and and, and uh, so much other stuff. But he just was an NYU guy we were friends sure. with. We shot it and sent it to everyone we knew in the business, which was like an assistant at, at UTA. <laughs> uh, One executive who had been a fan of our sketch comedy. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. Well, but you like, reach out to those people that yeah, you sort of interact with. Anyone you, and, but it was, I mean, really was just like a, 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 the son of a rich person. <laughs> like <Right. laughs> like right. stuff but, like that. I mean, you guys had been writing sketches. Like you knew, yeah. you knew what you were doing. You had the yeah. rhythms of comedy. You knew yeah. what you were interested in and what you could perform and write. Um, and we had a sense we were we were yeah. okay at it because we had been performing on stage at the Upper Citizens Brigade in front of people, and sure. there were so many great people coming out of it too. We were doing well. We were yeah, we, we were doing we yeah we were doing really well, except we just weren't making any right. money. Um, and we sent it out, and it it kind of caught fire. It just so it's just one of those things that caught, and everyone who received it. Yeah, we got representation offers. We got uh, we got wow. sale offers from ABC and NBC, and uh, it, it was great. Took off, and we got free sushi at Koi. Nice. Wow. <laughs> that's that's why I get into that's, that's the most yeah, important exactly. thing to Dan still yeah. to this day. Absolutely. Ooh, uh, crispy tuna rice. <laughs> uh, and that's that I'll was so that was it. the first. That was the breakthrough. That mm -hmm. was like if things clicked. There's a lot of luck involved, but also a lot of really sure. good execution and well, and that's what and this then, is, right? Yeah. Like it's timing and talent and and tenacity to a certain point. Yeah, yeah. Um, luck meets so, preparation and equals opportunity. Exactly. <laughs> so what what happened after that? Did you develop this? Yeah. Did it, and obviously it opened doors for other things. It opened everything. How do you start to figure out a career or were you even thinking about that or do, were you just saying yes at this point? Uh, we, I mean, we definitely, especially at the time, you know, I mean, at the time we were coming from being uh, everything. We were right. writer, director, performers, um, and our whole kind of community at UCB sort of similarly were like everythings. And so... Um, and so we definitely went into the show. We were the stars of this show as well. And uh, and I remember at the time thinking like, oh, we're about to be <laughs> the most famous people in the world. Yeah. Uh, little did we know that the- Worst thing we could have done. The pilot that got picked up uh, in our stead at that season was starring 
uh, Mick Jagger, um, uh, which I believe was called so uh, How to Steal Mick Jagger's yeah, Money. Right. I remember that. Um, I, we don't know if that it was in our stead, but we, well, we, anyway, yeah. but it was that season. <laughs> but of and, the crop, yes, yeah. of that crop. <laughs> yeah. And anyway, and we but, only have a, we only have two hit records, and yeah. then you have Mick Jagger. <laughs> exactly, you know. exactly. Can't compete, right? Yeah. And We're so not big in London. <laughs> so it just, it just, it, it, it was. Uh, we definitely, I think, in our minds, were like, well, I didn't really understand how how much longer this road is. Yeah. To success, and that that was the big sort of like realization in that first moment. But we did stick it out probably for another five years. Oh, we, I mean, we more than stuck it out. I think. I mean, I would no, say no, I, we, it's like we kicked the door open, and then I, I, the way I uh, we kicked the door open. The way I I see it is like we were in, and then we're like, we're you're not kicking us out now. Now yeah. we're now we're in. So like we went out to L.A. And I think the fact that we had performance backgrounds and we like is like so me and Dan and Adam at the time, we were a three person writing team and we would just go in and we were just insane. We were just I think we were funny and charming and we were like, we have 100 ideas. Here they are. And it made other people feel excited that they were in on something new Hmm. that they had that they were discovering some some young kids with and we were and we just couldn't be stopped. And we and we were able to sell other projects like right off the bat on that oh, which great. which for you know 25 year olds who with no families like to support it was more than enough money yeah. to like for us to be like great we can quit our day jobs and just like develop these two or three projects and that's what ended up happening which sustained us for a while yeah. and i think yeah. looking back you're like well they were never going to make the things that it was like us to be the stars of <laughs> you know you have your always sunny in philadelphia's but it's it's a t- it's a tall order yeah. to be like we're the stars we're the producers we're the writers um, yeah and then anyway so we did that for a couple of years eventually wore ourselves down to near broke and um, <laughs> Adam went off to be like a successful actor he kept booking things and Doug and I had a had a stage show that we developed into a pilot that we sold to IFC called banging my dick against a wall about our very bad dating lives and uh-huh. um and uh, and so we were developing with IFC and we'd just kind of gone through that sort of cycle. A bunch at this point where it's mm-hmm. just like, all right, this is maybe this is the thing that's going to break us, and um, and when when someone had slipped um, the pilot script to that to How I Met Your Mother, hmm. and that year they'd already been running for a little while, they were like, everybody who works on the staff is not dated in New York for a long <laughs> time. We need people with actual like New York dating experience, and uh, and so our pilot was really exactly that. That's great. And, um, an, and in that world, you had an agent doing a great job. Yeah. Sure. Our and agent did a absolutely. great job of that, of, of just being like, this makes sense, and get it. and basically working to get the assistant to read it, because that's the first read. Yeah. The assistant read it, made its way up, right. and then I, we hadn't really, the crazy thing is like, we, and probably better that way, we hadn't really considered staffing. I think it was always yeah, like, we, we, we were stars, baby. We, we, yeah, well, we got in and, <laughs> but you're making but also a once you, selling pilots. Also, once you, think, once you start thinking about staffing, it's so hard. Yeah. Because, there's only so many slots, and you're hiring usually people you owe favors to, people you've worked with forever. <laughs> yeah, There's very know. few slots, but this was a show that had been around for a while, yeah. uh, wasn't going anywhere, and uh, we got it. We got the job, that, and yeah. that really changed. Well, the, that was the the next biggest turning point sure. in our career. I want to let me follow up on one thing from that that first period, though. Were you being told at a certain point, like? Write something for other people. Write something that doesn't star you guys. Um, no, because I don't really. think anyone took us seriously enough. <laughs> I think they're like, yeah, sure, go stick your thumb up your ass. Like, have fun. I um, also think that there was an excitement, like, and mm-hmm. for better or worse, I think this happened, and we it was kind of exposed a little bit when the whole uh, packaging thing came mm-hmm. out, was that, like, you're worth way more to an agency sure. if you're creating your own thing as opposed to of getting, course. you know, two guys to staff and split their check. So I think there, you know, this is it's a it's a much better gamble to be like, yeah, keep developing stuff because if I get one always right. sunny out of out of the forty people I had, then I've then I'll be partner, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so yeah. I think part of that was like, yeah, no, there wasn't too much dissuasion on that, mm-hmm. but to their credit, they did see an opportunity with with yeah. How I Met Your Mother and and uh, and we were, we were lucky enough to get it. Um, but it's it still remains very hard to get your agents to take staffing seriously. Yeah, it, it, I think it's only gotten harder. I think to, to it's get, interesting. I, I I think it 
it's either harder on one or harder yeah. on the other. You sure. Know? Yeah, yeah. You can't get them to switch to be like, it's yeah. all out there. It's like you, you usually fall into one box. Exactly. Yeah. We were, uh, we were always seen as creators and we're like, just put us on a show yeah, so we right. can learn how to do it. Right. Yeah. And it took like, it took multiple agents and like yeah. multiple yeah. conversations. To yeah. I think happen. our, I think our agent at the time did really did see that too, which was great because yeah. that's where we learned how to write. That's of how course. I met your mother. Yeah. You learn everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, were there as are there things that you wish you knew at the time? I mean, like we entered this business so so stupid, so stupid, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like uh, the pa patience, I think, is the thing I didn't understand. It took me years. Hmm. Patience and rejection. I mean, truly, <laughs> like I, it just I did not understand. I mean, to uh, the to the point of that first pilot that we sold to to ABC uh, when when it got. Uh, rejected finally at the end of whatever pilot season um, I woke up the next morning and I had psychosomatically thrown my back out and couldn't walk um, oh because I was so convinced sure. that I was like gonna I was gonna succeed that when it, they had officially taken it away from me my body gave out um, oh and so like that and, that and he missed of, a pitch meeting he missed one of the best <laughs> yeah, he missed what turned out to be one of the greatest pitch meetings yeah. with, I, with Ivan Reitman at the time which was crazy, but he was up the he was up the street. We were, you know, Adam, myself, and Dan were all sleeping in one hotel room waiting for this call. And we didn't get it. And Dan was like, I can't move. I can't move my back. We Something's like, wrong. God. I'm dying. And so, um, Adam, and so Adam and I walked to the meeting. And uh, and I and I just stayed in bed moaning for the next six hours. Um, but, but yeah, that, rejection that I, is uh... rejection, man. That that lesson of just like how much rejection you will take. Even sure. I mean, that's the biggest the biggest thing that just it's so hard for anyone to truly understand. Even in success, even the most successful writers are still experiencing a probably a ninety five percent rejection rate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so like you're you're all you're doing in your career is inching down your ninety nine percent rejection <laughs> rate down to like ninety five. Yeah. And so like if you don't know how to get comfortable with failure, uncertainty, rejection, uh, critiques, critiques by morons, um, it's it's really really hard to like get up every morning like your stomach's in knots over it. Um, that that's definitely the thing that like. I wish I could have explained to myself earlier and understood earlier, certainly. Yeah, I that's think that's a good one. I think that's that is the best one. And it, the the and you kind of only get that from experience though. You can yeah. say like, hey, be prepared for rejection. Right. It doesn't you can be like Until you this go is probably through, not right. gonna get made. Right. And but you're writing it and you're writing it with the belief that it's gonna get you made. Have and to. you have to believe yeah. that. Yeah. Because so you at a certain point, no matter how old you are, you're like this is good. This might, this, <laughs> or this might work. This might actually work. Could this Every be the time. one? And that's, and you just kind of get used to it. I think in the beginning, when you're establishing yourself, this might not be a helpful lesson, but I do think just like as a life motto, it's just like also find other things that you enjoy yes. because you defining yourself based on this industry is a really dangerous thing to do, and you know, and it's easy to do when course. you're so immersed in it. Yeah, and, exactly. And you're well, coming up, especially so I, some of the most successful people I know are unhappy. It's not a direct correlation. Like, have things that like mean something to you outside of this, because really, like, I know it sounds cheesy, but like at the no, end of the right. day, that's what that's what like matters. Like, you're gonna have jobs, you're gonna have highs and lows, you're gonna have a lot of lows, and it's just like have things that you like that are just not about pressure of being like what's next so what me? are those things for you guys i will i will add the addendum to that yeah. that like if you don't actually like writing then like All don't right. be don't be a writer <laughs> like yes. it's 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 a it's a very laborious because you'll start to hate it anyway yeah. <laughs> if you're, you're like it's gonna be you're gonna yeah. if you like it there's gonna be times when you're like this sucks if you're i don't want to do this yeah it, it's definitely one of the things that like you know anyway it's hard. I, the, but the pro i guess the thing is like the process of making things yeah. is a delight and a joy to me like i do love the, mm -hmm. the all of the all the hashing out all of the mm -hmm. conceptualization and then the actual making of the thing even the bad ones is fun i'm sure like it's and that can be part of it too it's like if, if you're going for it it's like it's just go, the, go out and shoot something if you if like like that yeah. that, that might be the thing too where it's like finding other things is just like yeah go outside of the system and just be like yeah i have a camera i want i'm taking three days with my friends i'm going to shoot something and cut it you know, yeah. that's it's easier than it's ever been. Yeah, you know, exactly. It, totally. It's affordable and it's easier yeah. and you can do stuff that looks great. And like, I never stopped doing live comedy. Like I've been doing, right? yeah. I've been doing uh, Upright Sense Brigade Theater 
since I'm yeah. 19. And so I, I definitely stopped. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that that also has been an enormous part of just like sure. just like even when even when work is stupid and, and like just all like, you know, who knows when what will happen, how will happen, all the terrible things. It's still like just having some outlet that you're like, yeah. ah, I get to go be funny somewhere. I get to go make a thing is, is everything. Yes. Yeah. And it, yeah, I think outlet is the right word too. Yeah. It's finding that thing, no matter what it is. Right. I mean, yeah, I, I bake. Like, yes. Yeah. It yes. gives me the same what feeling bake, of right? having me. I've been making pizza for years. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Send us <Perfect>. pics. <laughs> <laughs> Follow me on Instagram, everybody. Right, okay, okay, <laughs> okay, okay, great, great. Um, what is it for you? What is, well, what's the thing it's been that different keeps things. you going? It's, it, Right now, it's a lame thing that, but I I play drums. <laughs> it's golf now. It's golf now, though. <laughs> Is it really? <laughs> yeah. It's since not, since when the pandemic, basically. Really? I uh, yeah. I think uh, I mean I played when I was younger and I thought it was boring and I was like, this is awful. You uh, were this will, this will never. Yeah. <laughs> I, no. 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 One hundred percent. It is. I'll uh, sleep whenever he talks about it. <laughs> and then uh, I got invited to play and I was like, uh, just on my phone constantly. I had the show on Netflix out and I was just like, I want. I just want to be. I got to get out and someone invited me to come play and I was like this is a, this is fantastic and something just clicked That's and so then funny. I became addicted to it um and now I really like it and most of the things on my Instagram are just golf ads and I <laughs> and I enjoy it and I laugh at golf memes like a like a such What's a, a good golf so meme? Great. I don't I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> I don't want to talk about this anymore. But I but You'll I, come back, we'll do a full hour yeah, on golf. Yeah, we'll do a full hour where people will just really be like I really hate this guy. Uh, are you kidding me? Yeah. It, this is the yeah, this is a yeah, it's uh so it's it, great, it's though. golf and I and I have a I have a a daughter uh, and, and a wife. That's so good like too. it's very important that like I'm not an emotional piece of shit like yeah. and, and for her like Absolutely. to not be just like depressed and and defining all of my feelings on whether or not an executive likes you know a fart joke that we wrote right. you know like and if they don't they're morons yeah um <laughs> and being able to be like a positive force in her life yeah so and so yeah uh, yeah i think yeah it's it's that that's nice. and then also just getting back into the world like going to see like concerts again like right? it's just like yeah you just like <laughs> forgot like what it's like just to be like i mean we i saw i went to see pearl jam and i felt like such a <laughs> lame bro but he's he was singing i was singing the words along with him to to black and i was like am i crying right now <laughs> how am i crying right now and what am i crying about <laughs> right yeah. but, i guess i needed this i don't yeah. know what these lyrics mean <laughs> but, but they're beautiful you forget what you needed to like Absolutely. so that's in, that's with the job and then living in hiding for two years you yes. forgot what it was like to be like yeah. to have a beer with a friend yeah so that's, that's all very healthy i'm very impressed with both of you well, um you. we can talk about golf offline too if you want <laughs> i think i can get you into it let me ask a little bit i feel like um working with a partner prepared me in a lot of ways for being in a writer's room. Oh, yeah. um, let's let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, some of those early writer's room experiences and what you learned, what you what you found you needed. Yeah. I mean, I think, look, I, the biggest thing you can say for it is like you're a traveling writer's room that like yeah. D Doug and I, Doug and I, are, there's nothing, there's nothing that, that you don't have to say out loud to like get it sort of on the page. Yeah. Um, and so you learn to communicate. Yeah, you you the just, creative part. You yeah. have to communicate your ideas. You have to know how to like sell an idea, um, because like, you know, you have more leeway with someone who you is your partner who trusts you and all that stuff. But ultimately, like, if your partner thinks it's shit, then you is not going to go in either. Yeah. And so you know, it's more hierarchical in a room, but it it is the same muscle. And so from a very early uh, point in our careers, we you know we'd been. We've been doing that forever, um, and and I think that we it allowed us to jump into being on a staff, even though we were staff writers. I think we jumped in like really hard, and and people were like, "Oh, these guys like are are right up to speed like quickly," um, and so yeah. I think that was the the biggest biggest part of it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's it's it kind of goes back to the rejection part. Like, it, you know, no one likes hearing their idea rejected. It's awful, mm -hmm. but. And if you've ever been in a writer's room, you've seen, you know, the writer who does not handle the rejection of their pitch well. And it's, and they either repitch or get salty and sullen and shut down, go on their phone. And that is a great way to never get hired again. Sure. Um, 
And understandably so. Like that is not the energy of, that's not what you want. It's not what we would want if we're hiring for a room uh, or being in a room. So I think like if I pitch an idea to Gregor that I love and he's like, yeah, I don't get it. And I, you know, I'm gotten pretty used to going past the point of like, you asshole, you just don't like it because it was your, wasn't your <laughs> right. idea to the like, well, okay, move on. Or let's yeah. talk about it. Or, I mean, that's, or let's, right. or let's, right. so you let's, get, you, let me you, try to express it the right. way it is but in my But you don't hands. get that in a writer's room, <laughs> right. especially no. if you're a lower level writer. You don't get the chance to be like, well, let me say it again yeah. in a different way. So it's it's a gift and a curse. Yeah, with, that makes with, sense. With a right. writer, with your partner, you should be able to be like, let's talk about this a little more. Yeah. In a room, it's like you got your one shot. Yeah. And then- It you, does, the man, room pitching is so- you need to be such a good salesman because, like, if you can't figure out how to sell it and convey it in a very quick, concise little burst, it's not gonna live. Because, yeah. man, you—I mean, you've been in rooms. You know, you know that vibe when you have walked out on the ledge and you're like, "Okay, it's not over yet. I have to keep walking <laughs> further and further." Yeah, and you it's realize Wiley Coyote. Man. Yeah, you realize you're <laughs> digging a hole that's like never gonna get—you're never gonna get back yeah. from. Um, and so it's—you um, realize you're like, "Oh man, if this doesn't work quickly." Then it's not gonna not gonna sell, and it's not gonna get a buy. It also could be the right idea. Also, that's the thing that you sure. learn in a show, because it's not your show. You are servicing the showrunner mm -hmm. at that point. That it's just like, yeah, it's a great idea. Yep. And you know, having run a show, like I've definitely had the feeling where I, on the other side, I've been like, I know what you're saying is a great idea. It's just not where my head is right yeah. now. And it also doesn't mean that in a week I might not repitch your thing, and I'm gonna try my best to be like. I know you pitched this, yeah. uh, and I didn't like it at first, right. and now I like it. But half the time, I'm gonna be like, it just makes sense now to me, and yeah. it's not always doesn't always come from a uh, a bad place or a, <laughs> no. you know a bitter place. But it's so it's really about like in a room, it's about like the greater good of the show and what and what keeps the ball moving forward, right. uh, and not just being someone who says that sucks, or not just being someone who if you don't like your idea. And I think working together and working at Upright Citizens Brigade really allowed mm -hmm. us to, I mean, not to be cheesy, but the yes and of it all is sure. really just to be like positive and to just keep it flowing. And for me, a fun, good, creative writer's room that's safe to fail is my happiest place. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, absolutely. I, I yeah. like it better than anything else. I like it better than the golf course. Like Hello. Being, 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 being in the room with a group of people and being able to be vulnerable about something and, and use it in a pitch, uh, sorry, and and is really like so satisfying. Absolutely. And those days are the days that keep you like wanting to do it forever. Yes. And we were lucky with How I Met Your Mother in that it was such an inviting room and such a smart room immediately and a room where there wasn't a lot of people being like, well, you're a staff editor, you can't speak, only you can only pitch jokes, which I always think is bullshit. And I, I, I want everyone in the room that we're, if we're sure. ever in a room, I'm always like, I want everyone pitching when they have a pitch. Yeah. Um, and that's sort of what I was going to ask. Like, where have you, you've been, you guys have been in a few rooms. Where have you found that sweet spot? I mean, it sounds like How I Met Your Mother was an amazing entry to yeah. that. That um, was, a, I mean, that was a, a, four years. We did yeah, that. we did four years, 100 episodes there. Wow. Um, and, we, and not just 100 episodes, we did, we got to be like, it's a dying breed now, but we were all, we were actual like writer producers, yeah. which meant we got to see episodes really through from like conception to final edit, yeah. and so we really did get to learn every part of the process. We get to be on set, get to work with That's actors, great. with directors, like edit, like all the stuff that was um, that makes makes a TV show. It was not, you know, the the I do think it's really unfortunate what's happening with the short short seasons, staffs being separated from production. It's a real bummer because it just makes it just makes it much harder to learn yeah. the making of of. We're losing that training. Yeah, exactly. That, yeah. That writers, used I to feel get. lucky that we got it and kind of got in at the end of it, yeah. basically. And I do feel for younger writers who don't have it. But it's like it's also like you you might hire a writer now who's like been on three shows, but that what comes out to like twenty episodes of experience and never have never been on set, never done edit, and never been in the editing room, yeah. and it's like. There's a there's a whole lot to making an episode of television. There's just so yeah. much, and it's so much more than just that goes on in the what the room with the whiteboard. Yeah, and the, and the lunch orders. <laughs> still, lunch orders are that's really the most important. fun part. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the lunch orders <laughs> is still the coolest part. Yeah, and the biggest bummer of COVID. Um, we're going to start to wrap up here. I want to make sure I uh, don't have anything real pressing. Please come back when there's more yeah, stuff going on. Love to. Yeah, we'll, we'll have you guys back. Great. We'll we'll chat. Um, we're not going to talk about Ugly Sonic. 
Um, <laughs> but what I am going to ask you is, what is your favorite I think you should leave sketch? Oh, oh. yes. Oh, my God. Wow, what a great question. <laughs> this um, is from my wife also. Um, yeah, oh, this is such a good question. I know. Um, I, okay. I'm in, l- in love with that show. I know. I, in in love with that show to the, the point best. where I pitch it to everyone, and then I know I'm butchering it because because Tim Robinson's voice is so singular right. that it's... I mean, and you can't convince someone to watch it by like going no, through the they're not sketches. Gonna, they're not going to get it. You like, just have to. Oh, just you try just it. have to trust me and watch like, it. I'm, I'm going to regret anything I say because it won't be enough, and I'll be and I'll regret it. I mean, look, the first time I saw the hot dog sketch, I really lost my brain. Right. <laughs> and every time since. And every time since, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. which is amazing. Even the memes make me laugh like really 100%. like loud. It's. It's I find also, myself also, listing porno sites all the time. Yeah, it's so him. I would say that or the most particular one I like that maybe not everyone loves is the, I think the date with the nachos and and he's explaining so it uh, about and gets tries to get the waiter in on the conversation. I think that is probably where I was like, this is such a singular voice That's that so is just funny. like, how did he get this made? And imagining him pitching that in a room where Lorne Michaels is, because a lot of these yeah, were like they're all a lot of season one were cutting room that. floor, like that just didn't make yeah. it into the show. Um, makes me laugh so much too. So that I would say that those and are then, great. Those are great. That's um, so funny. My uh, the first one that jumps to mind to me is the the first sketch of season two. It's in the, the first episode. I know what you're going to oh, say. Oh, whatever it is. It's the it's the the well, he's in the, the body makeup, suit. The body suit in the mall. Oh, I, the existential I crisis. I don't oh think I've God. ever laughed more at a sketch <laughs> than that. That really was like such a perfect, perfect just bit. I I loved it so. <laughs> I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and just like the mo- the reveal of that face mask was so horrifying. Oh, in but the turn and honestly the acting in it is yeah. so good. And like yeah. that's a kind of across the board yeah. too. Like yeah. yeah, it's perfect. That stuff matters. Yeah. Yep. Um, His performance is amazing. That. What about, what about you? <laughs> Listen, we don't have time for me. Um, <laughs> what is next for you guys? Do you know what's what's on the docket? We're uh, what we've learned from this terrible industry is that saying the thing that you think will be your future out loud guarantees it will not be your future. Um, so we have many things that we're working on and in development. Probably nothing we can really talk about other than like not because right. we're sworn to secrecy, but like because it's like it's it'll so it'll early. be lame. So it'll, doing... My mom will hear us and she'll be like, "So when's that's coming yeah, out?" Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'll be like, "Maybe never." So we're, we're <laughs> taking meetings. We have a TV show that we're pitching. All right. Who knows? We have a movie. We're writing with Disney we're, on something. We're right. We're writing a movie on spec, which is exciting because we just we know we at least get to write it. Yeah, that's great. Um, that must yeah, be but, refreshing. But we also actually have to write it. Yeah. Um, but getting to do yeah. something on your own. And yeah. Like yeah, it's great. It's very it all fun. the way through. Yeah. Finish then, the script, yeah. not yeah. get notes yet. Yeah, exactly. And then and then sell it and get a ton of notes. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Hopefully sell it. Yeah, hopefully. Um, how are you, I might take this out, but how are you finding pitching TV right now? Well, uh, hard, uh, very hard. Um, we, uh, th- first of all, the. I mean, again, this is, maybe you'll take this out because it's boring, but, but just to talk to you as a professional, uh, like the... I don't know if you've noticed, but like the change in the last couple of years where the requirement of having a producer is sort of crazy. Um, and like there's plenty of good producers, but it's just become like this de facto thing where you have to get a producer or else your agent won't even take it seriously. Um, really? Is the thing that I've found. Ugh, it's, or, it's it's, or, or maybe not seriously as much as it is like it's like you got to do it. It's, it's the necessary right. evil. You got to go in there with someone. Is very it's a it's a real strange addition. I yeah. mean, it always was around since we've been since yeah. we've been on How I Met Your Mother. But, it but feels, we used to it must feel a little more aggressive now. And, and they just felt more like purposeful pairings in a way that that it just feels now. It's just like no, it, you have to. Well, this producer has an overall at this place, right. so you're now going to like different producers for specific streamers or That's whatever. What feels really hard. And to me. so it's yeah. like now you're splitting your pitch up, and now your pitch is changing for different producers yeah. for different streamers. It it really does feel like you know, the you know the the tail leaving the dog like a little bit like what are we what are we doing here We're already yeah. kind of like Frankensteining this pitch for what reason um, I'd say that that's pretty hard Yeah you know I think there's this misnomer out there for like the public outside of this world which makes it hard which is like well Netflix makes everything how come you haven't sold something to Netflix It's like you should try pitching it <laughs> Well you did sell something though. I did but that just <laughs> felt like pure luck It yeah. just felt like at the time they needed that thing and. And you just walked it. in the door on the right Tuesday. Right. Yep, that's well, it. Well, which, 
That's true of most places, yeah, sure, right? right? It's like, how do I hit the thing that they right. happen to be looking for at this yeah, time? Or right. how do I have the thing that is just undeniable? Right. But with Netflix, it feels, especially the past like five years, feels especially true. Because it's so Every calculated week it there. And they also they also come across as being like, we know we know <laughs> yes. exactly to a number, to a T, what will work and what won't work. Yeah. And so that confidence makes it even harder because word one comes out of your mouth and it's either like yes or no. Right. Um, it's like, so, yes. Yeah, no. exactly. exactly. That's you were. It's like you were I'm Netflixy. I'm Flixy, the AI robot that uh, runs Netflix. I think it's time. I know right. two words. Yeah, and it's harder. No. It's just harder to get people to listen to you. Like you yeah. know, the, look, the more wins you have under your belt, the more benefit of doubt you get. Sure, but it's still no guarantee. I know. Yeah. I know some really big packages that have gone out that have gotten no bites. We yeah. did. That. I mean, we've also done the same thing where you spend so much time trying to put together a package. Uh, you get a director, you get, get a, a producer, director, yeah. you get an actor, like whatever. Months, years, yeah. Absolutely. And 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 it and what's I guess infuriating is that like, boy, does that not guarantee anything? No. It kind of doesn't matter. Nothing kinda guarantees, doesn't... and I guess that goes back to like the yeah. lesson of like, you gotta let go. I know. Like you're like, okay, that, you just that's start moving. Of, what's the next thing I'm gonna right. do? That's a little bit where you're just like, man, I just wish we had just pitched the idea to these places a year ago, right. and like and let them say they like the idea or not, rather than. Rather than letting letting us go through this, these rounds and rounds of sending to actors, sending to directors, yeah. sending to all these people, because three executives have been fired since then, exactly. and now it's a whole new regime. <laughs> right. Well, it means you get to go back. Yeah, exactly. Um, sure. Exactly. But the, I think that does sort of reiterate something we've touched upon a few times, which is like, if you're gonna put in that time, if you're going to put in that effort, you have to care about the thing. Yeah. You have to make it the version you want to see. Right. Um, we will wrap up. Uh, by the way, listen, everybody, Chippendale is uh, on Disney Plus right now. Uh, we'll wrap up as we always do. <laughs> see it, don't see it, whatever. Just so you know, it exists. Just on keep the paying Disney every month. <laughs> yeah, look, you just won't let be it. Sorry. Just Watch let this it. Marvel. Just let it run. If you don't <laughs> like it, it. Just run. let it run. You go to sleep at what ten fifteen? Let <laughs> it run. Eight hours. Just do this for us. You have an iPad. Put it on there. Come on. Yeah, no one's looking um, at that. No, it is. It's so much fun. It's Thank really you. great. Thank uh, you. You should be very proud of it. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Uh, and. So thanks for being here. Thanks but listen, this is how we end the show. What are you watching on television these days? Oh, mm. What is getting you excited and inspired? What are you talking about with your friends, your loved ones? Um, either of you who wants to go first. Uh, go first. <laughs> I'm going to say two things. Because one is the uh, the lame thing that I've been doing a lot recently, which is I watch a lot of series over and over again. Mm-hmm. I'm watching Deadwood for the third time. Absolutely. And it's it's better every time. And then, uh, so if you haven't seen Deadwood, I'd say watch it and watch it with the subtitles. It's help, it's help and you can get it. It's uh, To me, I need really? that. Yeah, I watch all shows now with subtitles. Also, I'm losing my hearing a little bit from drums. Oh, no. uh, but I'd say this season of Atlanta really blew me away uh, in, in in totally kind of reimagining what, it, what the show could be and the kind of Black Mirror S episodes being so much more satisfying than I could <laughs> ever have imagined. I thought I was like, oh great, now we don't have the main cast, and they were just great episodes. So I'm really impressed with how weird and like Lynchian it got even yeah. more so. I feel like people aren't talking about it I anymore. Feel, I think that's just, just, the, just I think so that's the stuff. nature of of just not it just not being the new thing. Yeah. And I and which is a shame because it's a masterful season. Absolutely. Yeah. As good as it's ever been, if not better. I think yeah. it's the best season so far. Yeah. So ever right? What are you um, I first, I mean, I do do memory brain flushes pretty much every day because I have a little baby, <laughs> sure. and she's uh just makes me forget everything. Um, but I uh I definitely well look the real of it is Top Chef and Drag Race. Um, <laughs> it's great. Those are really the things that get watched in my house like day of. Um, but but uh, the other things, I mean, I'm 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 watching the new season of Barry. I'm really enjoying it. Um and. Uh, what did I recently finish? I don't know, guys. I told you. I don't remember anything. I mean, they, I don't, they don't need this, but I did finish Hacks the other night, and it, I loved it. I haven't watched the new season I, yet. And I really, I, I thought started. they landed the plane in such a great way. They're so good. Uh, it's just, it's just, it's, I think, funnier this season and uh, has amazing, just such amazing moments. I'm really, nice. blown, I'm really impressed with it. I've just finished it, so it's at the top of my head. Yeah, it's, it's a knockout show. It's a I mean, job. we're spoiled for great stuff right now. I know. Now. This and is why you're not talking about like so much other great stuff. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. There's no shame in Drag Race. It comes thank up you, almost every you. episode. Yeah. Uh, and this was a great season of Top Chef. So. Uh, yeah, a great season. Uh, guys, thank you so much for being thank here. You. Thanks thank for having you. us. Big fan of the show. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio and Alex Ramsey. 
For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.